So you're a 51-year-old woman who's been with the same man for 20 years, 21 years? So we can have an adult conversation. Okay. Did you have sex with these two inmates? No. I just figured you're friends with my friend. That means his friends. What's going on with you and Tilly? Maybe we can arrange a get-together soon. I'm down there every night. I'm cutting the pipe. I'm doing the work. All you do is sleep. Nobody knows about a marriage except the people in the marriage. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. Today, I have with me... Kelly. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. <laughs> you like that voice, don't you? I love it. it it's, it's the announcer commercial voice, you know, mm-hmm. like the sponsor voice. We we finally were able to pay an announcer to come in and do it, so. Oh, yeah. He's not cheap. He's not. No, but uh, if anyone needs that type of uh, voice work, I'm, I'm sure we can get you in touch with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today, what are we discussing? Escape at Danamora. Escape. <laughs> Escape at Danamora is a, an American television limited series based on the 2015 Clinton Correctional Facility Escape that premiered on Showtime in November 18th, 2018. The seven episode series was created and written by Brent Johnson, Michael Tolkien, and was directed by Ben Stiller. It stars Benicio Del Toro, Patricia Arquette, Paul Dano, Bonnie Hunt, Eric Lange, and David Morsey. Hmm. So that's just the synopsis on what we are covering today. Um, we have watched the full seven episode series. And so we are going to give our full season one impressions for this podcast. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, as always, let's discuss this in a non-spoiler fashion. We can do it either episode by episode, or we can discuss it all as you know one a cohesive piece. Whichever way you want to do it is up to you. I'll let you take the lead on. Well, what do you think is better? Um, I think we can kind of group the episodes. I think maybe. We- the way I would kind of group them is like one through three, then four through six, and then the last one, you know? Yeah. That's something like that. Um, so, Kelly, what what did you think about the first few episodes of Escape of Dana Moore for non-spoilers? For anyone that has not seen it, do you think this is... what What kind of... What should we be expecting if we should start this series? Or or should we even start the series? Yeah, no, I like it. I would definitely recommend people to. I would definitely recommend people to watch it. Um, and I'm gonna go home and tell my dad to watch it because he he loves these kind of shows. Um, I think what intrigued me most about it is that it was based on true story. Right, so, right, true crime. Yeah, so I was automatically locked in, mm-hmm. like by episode one. Episode one, okay. Mm-hmm. So, I um. I agree. I think that the fact that it is based on true story really enhances it. Mm -hmm. I'd say if you're interested in this type of true crime, um, you know, prison um, type storyline. You know what it kind of reminded me of? I'd definitely jump in. What's up? Oz. Oz. Okay, I was going to ask you because you've seen Oz and I haven't. I've seen stuff like The the Wire and uh, I guess other 
true crime type stuff. Or, mm-hmm. or that, that's not exactly true crime, but you know, like yeah, um, like kind of well, loosely based. Yeah, I liked Oz. The parts of it that I did watch, I really liked it, and some parts of this reminded me of Oz. Mm-hmm. What parts about it reminded you? You can't spoil. No spoils. Yeah. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll jump into the we'll, for the spoilers. We'll we'll talk about that. Um, yeah, I um, watching the first few episodes, I it was it was a little bit slower of a burn than I was expecting, to be honest. What do you mean? Um, it it wasn't instant like if this is what's gonna happen. You know, it it wasn't right off the bat like holy shit, this is you know, I didn't feel like all of the pieces came into um, into place until maybe the third or fourth episode for non you know non for non spoiler i don't i don't want to say that you get into the first episode and you're like holy shit you know exactly what's i going liked on. it um i liked how the first episode started and it like i don't know i liked it the first episode i was hooked on the first episode right okay okay um the first three episodes were a slow burn for me yeah i was like um okay this is an interesting plot it didn't immediately grip me. I thought the filmmaking and direction was stellar. Mm-hmm. My only complaint probably through most of the series, including the first episode, which we did, we both of us noticed, um, was the soundtrack. Yeah. The score was that, excellent, God, but the soundtrack... was fucking terrible. Yeah. Uh, the score, the actual score that they played that wasn't the soundtrack was really good, you know? Like yeah. the you know, without lyrics, but it felt like they were really trying to push a soundtrack, right? Yeah. And uh, I was just this ultra surprised just how, you know, it felt like it was just pried into the season, these random bits of music. Yeah. Um, but if the soundtrack was the, the worst thing about the entire series, I'd say that it was a pretty good series. Um. It had me on pins and needles once it was past uh, episode three, I think. Yeah. Um, what what would anything else you have to add for the first few episodes for anyone that hasn't seen, has not seen the season? Um, you know I'm all about spoiling. Yeah, I know you all. You you're like everyone's gonna, <laughs> you know, it's just like you freak out and want to say like the most. Spoilers things. Yeah. Well, what about the action, the acting, and uh, uh, Benicio del Toro, uh, Patricia Arquette, and Paul Dano, the main leads. What do you have to say about uh, their acting? What I mean was, I thought all the acting was great. I didn't see. I didn't really see any flaw. Flaws with the actors. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't. Um, I think at one point you realized just what type of people you're dealing with. Yeah. But the way that the story's positioned, you are kind of just put into their shoes, put into a day in the life kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, who uh, was a standout character for you? I mean, all three of them seriously brought the heat, um, brought the fire. Richard Matt. Um, Benicio. Benicio. Mm-hmm. You said at one point... He, he was playing all the fucking fields, dude. He was just... He was mind fucking everyone, in like, my opinion. Puppet master. Yeah, pretty um, much. And it it didn't take a whole lot. He's very fucking smooth. Although we see at the end. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, sorry. So. I mean, yeah. So yeah, he's we see yeah he's puppet master. Um, Patricia Arquette. 
as Tilly Mitchell. I was in shock of that being Patricia Arquette because I last I remember seeing her was a uh, Boardwalk Empire, and she you know she's she's a a beautiful lady and uh, a beautiful person, and when you Not see her on this. here. It's like a complete 180 transformation, So, right? do you think that they, like, suited her up and put makeup on her to make her look that way? Or did she gain a shit ton of weight for this? I'm I'm gonna go on a limb and say she really went full, uh, full Daniel Day-Lewis or Christian Bale and went and dropped her and gained... I think she gained probably... 20 to 40, 20 to 30 pounds, wouldn't you say? I mean, it wasn't just like a 10-pound difference. It looked like she's gained a significant amount, you know? Um, and it wasn't just that throughout the entire... Um, throughout the entire um, filming, you can tell that all of the characters definitely fluctuate in weight. Yeah. I think even Benicio does too. Um, which he has to Who's, do the least. Who was Eric Lang? In this. Because it said Benicio and Eric Lang share the same birthday. Mm. Let me see. And it's like in nine days. It's this month. Woohoo. Happy early birthday. Oh. Eric Lang is Lyle. Oh. That's interesting. <laughs> okay, so. So um, the douchiest character and the... <laughs> the you know, the most modest pushover. Yeah, share the same birthday. That's funny. <laughs> oh my gosh! What has Benicio been in? Other, like, uh, have I seen him in anything else? Yeah, he's been in a lot. You prob- I've seen Paul Dano in a few things. Yeah, he's uh, both of them are well, very well known actors. Um, Benicio is very well known I for like, uh, Sicario. I like Benicio. The Usual Suspects, The Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Um. He was in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, that which is, uh, he plays the counterpart to uh, Johnny Depp in that, and it is just a trippy ass movie. They are on all kinds of psychedelics, and they're based. You know, he really pulls out his Fear and Loathing character in this. You know, at one point, um, um, let me let me go and plug that real quick. Um, but yeah, the fridge is captured. Oh, okay. Um. So, um, talk to the people. Talk to the people? I can't spoil yet, right? Nope. I just want you to keep talking about what happens if, uh, for people that have not seen it yet. Haven't seen it yet. See, I don't never. I don't know how to break it down for those people like you do. For the first few episodes, what should you be expecting kind of thing, you know? Uh, To be honest... I I, I think either the first few episodes, either you realize by episode three that you're going to keep watching and that it's worth a watch or it's not. I agree. I agree. By by the end of episode three, you will know if you want to continue with this. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else uh, regarding non-spoilers? I think everything technically, it's a... um, I think I think you learn you learn fairly quick how fucking dumb. Uh, what is her name? Patricia Arquette. Her character is. She is a fucking dumbass, man. <laughs> yeah, she's not the brightest. No. Um, 
but we can also talk about that, you know, closer to spoilers. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and then I don't know which episode was hers, where we got her backstory, but it just makes you fucking hate her even more. <laughs> uh, six, I think. Something like that. Yeah, it's right before the end. Yeah. Uh, Paul Dano's backstory was pretty good. I don't know what episodes those were. That might be in later episodes, I think. Uh, I think I kind of spoiled that. I don't want to. I'm not going to add that. Okay. Um, let me, uh. Uh, it just says backstory was good. I, I don't. I don't want to say which episode it is. Okay. Um, I mean, let's talk about um. The real life people real quick before we uh, jump into spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay, so if you're thinking about checking this out, definitely do not Google anything. Mm-mm. Honestly, I wouldn't even check out the marketing for it because I feel like it sort of spoils it. Um, going cold. I did, and I liked it. Yeah, I think it, it benefits from a cold um, watch, just not knowing anything about it. I kept thinking, like, because I remember asking you questions. I don't know why I thought you had already seen it. Or I thought you had, like, Googled the real story, so I was like, well, does this happen? Do they do this? And well, I really <laughs> wanted, I was like, I can Google it. Yeah, the thing is, but it's, don't. it's so <laughs> recent that you can figure out what, exactly what happens within, you know, yeah. uh, a Google search. Don't do it. Even typing in the the names of people is going to come up as a spoiler, you know? Um, so, I without a doubt would, would check this out. If you're, uh, if you like technical wizardry, if you're interested in Ben Stiller's directorial debut on, uh, on television, I don't think he's had anything else on television that is quite to this degree. Um... This is one of the best things that I've seen on television in the last few months. And there's there's actual filmmaking in several parts of the episodes that are horrific. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's it's uncomfortable to watch in some parts. In some parts, it's it's uh, what would you say? It's um, I don't know. It's what do you thrilling. Mean I mean, okay, from from the relationship standpoints of all the relationships, it's it's completely fucked. Yeah. The relationship standpoints, perspectives, it's fucked. Um, everything that's happening is is just fucked. I, I it's kind of hard to go into detail without you know spoiling, but um, you just realize the whole situation, um, by the end of the series, just what who you who and what you've been dealing with. The entire time. And I, I want to see a real life documentary now. Yeah. With these uh, uh, individuals. I'm ready to see the, the, the real story. But uh, anyways, I think I was talking about Ben Stiller's um, directorial debut. I just thought that he nailed the hell out of this. I think that he he directed all seven episodes. And along with the writing, that all helped a lot as well. But mm-hmm. I mean, I went back and checked uh, Ben Stiller's... Uh, uh, directorial um filmography and the last thing that he's had of dramatic beat he had the secret life of walter mitty which kind of flopped from what some people would say um i did not see it myself um that was in 2013 and he has he hasn't had a real drama like ever in my opinion Mm -hmm. i don't see any I don't see any other ones, you know. The I don't see anything at all. Um, 
I didn't know he directed Tropic Thunder. I knew he was starring it. But anyways, um, yeah, the guy that made Zoolander 1 and 2 <laughs> made Escape at Dannemora. And he fucking nailed it. And it just makes me wonder why the hell he hasn't been working these chops more often, you know? Like, he can direct, like, like hell, you know? Yeah. Um, and spoilers, I really want to talk about that one scene that just made me absolutely super claustrophobic. Oh, my it was, God. That it was, was great. It, yeah, though. yeah. I mean, that like, was a good, that was a yeah, pretty cool so, scene. So we're, um, let's uh, go ahead and jump into spoilers for Escape at Danamora. Remember, this podcast is sponsored by EliasRushMedia.com. Even when our microphones aren't working, we are still... Fucking in, it up. In the studio. <laughs> oh, God. We're not fucking anything up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah. So, what were we talking about? Um, the claustrophobic scene? Oh, no, no, no. I don't want to talk about that yet. But I do want to, I do want to talk about that, but I want to kind of go... Maybe by episode by episode real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, first episode, uh, it's... And these episodes don't have names, right? Um, they're just part one. Part one, part two, part yeah. three. Oh, uh, before we jump into the first episode, the titles. Each title had a different entrance. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. loved each title entrance. The way they introduced Escape at Dana Moore, mm-hmm. it would uh, pop up on the screen in a different way. Mm-hmm. The first episode um, is two prisoner inmates vie for the attention of Joyce Tilly Mitchell. So it's uh, the introduction to the two inmates. It's uh, Paul Dano and Benicio Del Toro. Um, you kind of understand how the relationship is forming, and you really see how... Um, uh, Matt, Richard Matt, I think is, that's his, uh, Richard Matt is infiltrating the David Sweat and Tilly Mitchell situation Mm -hmm. and using it to his full advantage. Am I right? Yes. Um, in that first episode, we also see that, uh, Tilly Mitchell and David Sweat are having some weird sexual was fucking weird. mother's son what is that even called is that is that is there a thing that I mean it's just I know it's it's like a, a, a sexual proclivity or something like that you know yeah but like is there an actual name I don't I don't think so I don't think there's an actual name for it I mean no I'm sure that there is actually I just don't know like a I just diagnosis? don't fucking know what it is huh like a diagnosis no, that's not. That's it's just a fucking kink. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> what's the kink called? I don't. It's fucking gross, is what it is. I'm I'm just curious for the listeners. Oh, I don't fucking know because I'm not into <laughs> that kind of shit. So <laughs> I ain't got no answers for you them people. You were supposed to do a research on this. I don't understand. I can. Yeah, oh we'll yeah, just it out. just oh yeah, you figure that out. And while Kelly's figuring out the kinks, you might want to do that on a private search so they don't have a bunch of those. <laughs> things coming up. <laughs> um, so Kelly's going to figure out whatever that kink's called for whatever reason. <coughs> um, since we're in spoilers, I think we can safely say that they had some sort of, uh, I don't know, romantic involvement where they were interested in each other. Yeah. But we also found out in episode six, I believe, Tilly had basically this whole thing, this whole thing was happening again. It had happened in an earlier timeline um, with a different set of guys. 
and she had cheated on her then husband in like 1993 or 96 or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she was screwing Lyle back in the day and that's how she ended up with Lyle. And so basically this, it's, it's almost like history repeated and now she's the boss at the same type of work that she was working at 20 years later and uh now it's uh it's her kink taking over one of the workers and um i did and uh <laughs> did you find out what that kink was <laughs> oh lord <laughs> kelly's down the rabbit hole right now <laughs> oh my goodness i don't know <laughs> I don't know. Oh. I'm just reading shit on Google. Just say, is there a diagnosis or it, something? No, I mean, there's it, there's this thing, Wikipedia calls it the Jocasta Jacosta complex. Mm-hmm. And it's from where a Greek queen married her son. Mm-hmm. And it's... Unwittingly. What is that? Well, it was unwittingly. Okay. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Mm. Okay, so I it it's it's uh based off of I guess Greek gods or something like that. I guess they just always got the name. Out, blame it on the Greek gods. You got to blame somebody. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, no. That's not blaming anyone because it. Uh, we're not gonna talk about. It. Oh, Kelly yeah, I was like, I got something to say about. Anyway, this. back to the show. Okay, so um, the first episode we find out they have some sort of weird uh mother son relationship complex, and she cares about him in a maybe a paternal way in some sort of way, you know. Um, I wonder if it's because she was such a shitty mom to a real kid. I feel like that has something to do with it. And, and that in episode kid probably, six, we, because we find out. We're spoiling now, right? Yep. Yep. Because any other time they were fucking and she, like, if they were fucking doggy style, that didn't happen. It was when he put her tit in his mouth and she was like, are you mommy's good boy or some <laughs> shit like that? Some weird fucking shit. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um. Now that we got that brief description, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I did feel like Tilly's character had a different relationship between David and Matt, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. Sorry, did I say Richard? Richard and uh, Matt. So Richard and David. Damn it! <laughs> damn it! Um. Yes. Yeah, so. <coughs> I feel like she had more of a, uh, she looked up more to Richard than she did to David, you know? Yeah. If there was some sort of thing. Uh, so, hold on. Where where were they from again? This was in New York? This was in, yeah, New York. So, it was Tilly and Lionel and Kenny back in her, back in the day. Was that New York too? I believe so. They I, don't have New York accents. They have more like Canadian accents. I mean, Lyle definitely sounded Canadian. Um, well, she did too. And she did, uh, yeah, on occasion. I think they must be really close. Um, this had to be a fucking shitty, like, country ass poor part of New York. <laughs> well, don't. <laughs> it, it's probably still there. It's not like it's 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 gone anywhere. Quit name if if you're from that part of New York. Don't fucking name your kids. After you, like your kid doesn't want to be called fucking John. <laughs> Tilly was named after her mom, and then she named her kid after the dad. Don't fucking do that, fucking hillbilly ass shit. That's what that. That is. happens around anywhere. And I hate it. That happens. I fucking hate it. Well, you got. 
there's a run. Everyone knows that if you listen to the cast, that uh, Kelly has a moment of uh, well, I have to spew. Well, she hatred. first, yeah, she has to hate something, and normally it's someone's name. Um, so I don't hate well, <laughs> she's just like I don't hate, hate them. I don't hate these names. She grabs like a three year old on the park. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't hate these names. I just wish. God, you I want just, a more original name. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if you need to hate it though. It's just no. so to. It's okay to hate it. I don't know. I don't know. It's okay to hate things. Anyways, back to hating things. Lyle Mitchell. Um, why does Lyle Mitchell not hate his wife? Does He's he, dumb. Is he There's dumb? no way those two people are all there. You think? Do you, you think Tilly and Lyle are both the smartest little... one in Tilly's life? Was Kenny? When Kenny, he was like, oh, oh the. The husband. If you want that whore, you can have her. Yeah. Good for him, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so um, what do we have? Episode two real quick. Um, episode two, I felt uh, filled into episode one really nicely. They kind of went hand in hand. On each episode was about an hour, I think. I mean, they were they were long episodes. Um. But I think, okay, so episode two, um, Richard Matt starts uh, infiltrating, you know, Tilly. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see their relationship. Oh, my God, that's fucking scary. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy Perkins on the side of the screen. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so um, Benicio Del Toro's Richard Matt's character is infiltrating Tilly's character. And I was surprised how often... That Tilly was taken to the back room by, uh, I don't know, a boss that said, quit screwing the prisoners or quit taking them back there. And they still let her go back there. At one point, she was even like, we're not making our quota because of whatever. we got to make 600 pairs of pants in a week. Yeah. What, what, I mean, what is 600 pairs of pants? Well, no, technically they weren't making the quota because of those two guys, the two inmates that were Chilling. sitting on their ass. I still, I don't know. Uh, I was just like six hundred pairs of pants is a fuck ton, um, even for you know even for non prisoners it sounds like, I don't know. Um, so episode three, I think everything starts to really um, unfold with the uh the plan to escape. Um, these uh synopses are not that great. Part three, Tilly begins to feel guilty about her mounting indiscretions. Um, yeah, I don't know. It it says in part three that she felt, you know, episode three, she started to feel that. I mm-hmm. felt like she never had any guilt she, until yeah, the very she end. she didn't. I don't think, even at the very end, I don't even think she felt guilt. She felt like, she, like I said it, when we were talking last night, she's a fucking narcissist. Because it doesn't matter what she's doing, she's like, I'm not a bad person. I'm it's not, not it's not that bad. Yeah. The first scene you see her and she's like, did you sleep with the two inmates? And she's like, no, not really. <laughs> it's like... I mean, their dicks went in me, but no, I didn't. Oh, God, that was too much. <laughs> no. Uh... <laughs> I didn't, and you know I didn't. I hate how she says that anytime she's talking to anyone. There was one scene where she's talking to Lyle and he's like trying to be nice and loving every, or something. You mean every conversation? And she's like... You take me for granted and you know it. And it's like... Oh, it's like... What? It's like... 
after he asked, uh, I think that's after he asked her, you know, why, who the present's from, you know, and stuff like that, you know? I don't, yeah. I don't know what the fuck was going on, but when I, I felt it when she said that, I was like, God, this bitch. <laughs> she is Cause the a way she, person. she talks to you, like she believes her own bullshit lies and oh. it, that bothers me. I think she does. She's like a narcissist when it comes to those type of lies. And okay. So the way that the season unfolds, it almost unfolds in a way that says, did she believe, um, that she wasn't helping them escape at one point? You know, did she honestly believe giving them these tools was all for painting? You know, I mean, she is kind of dumb enough to believe what she's told because she believed that they were going to go to fucking Mexico. Dumb bitch went and bought bathing suits. And <laughs> I wonder if she really did that in real life. Like there's so much of this story that I want to know how it is, uh, you know, how accurate it is to the real story. See, I wish that, I wish that instead of Lionel, it would have been Kenny. So that way, when, because you know in the scene where Lionel is going to see her, and she's like, are you going to wait for me? I'd be like, I'm going to wait for you in Mexico. <laughs> said something <laughs> mean, dude. <laughs> Just said something mean and hateful. But Lionel's not going to do it. We know he's not. L- li- it's Lyle. <laughs> Lionel. Li- it's not Lionel. Um, <laughs> no, Lyle is trampled over this entire time and I feel for see the, I thought I, his name was Lionel and I she feel, just called him Lionel I feel, I feel bad for the real life guy um I'm gonna find out what her uh I'm gonna find out about Tilly Mitchell um I wouldn't mind watching some of her actual like real life stuff mm-hmm. yeah I know I, there's so much about this real life uh true crime that I wanna really know what happened how much a part you know is it from it um Part five. Sorry, did we do part four? Mm-mm. Part four. Uh, Sweat makes David. <coughs> Swe- David Sweat makes progress on the escape route. I think part four was. was He's the only one that makes progress ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, part four is, I believe, the episode. It's either part four, or part five, that we get the claustrophobia scene. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing I think it's four. Um, yeah, I don't know, but either way, one of the best directed scenes I've seen in five to ten years. I think one of the most horrific scenes, um, the the claustrophobia scene. I remember uh, sitting there watching that, thinking I was like, "Good lord, how do you make a tunnel look?" you know, interesting from a directorial standpoint. But good Lord, if it didn't do a damn good they job. They did. It was good. Um, and Paul Dano is in the tube one mm. freaking out. I was freaking out, dude. I remember we were laying in the bed. Yeah. I had to sit up. I had to sit up and, like, sit up straight and make myself breathe right because I was like, oh, I can't breathe. Oh, but, <laughs> I'm I mean, laying down. I mean, it, there's, there, okay, so there's, I think there's, like, a trifecta going on. <laughs> there's so much of the direction of the camera work. There's Paul Dano's, uh, you know, acting abilities mm-hmm. and then there's the sound yeah. and the sound is <gasps> and he's like he's losing air and he's not being able to breathe yeah. and and he keeps like trying to turn around oh, and like reposition himself to so he get, I kept thinking as soon as he got into the tube I was like how do you get back out of this tube yeah and then when he starts moving up I'm like how do you back out oh and <laughs> the tube felt so long oh my mm-hmm. gosh it was a uh, 
Oh, I'm getting like close. I didn't. I didn't feel bad when. Uh, yeah, yeah. Stuck in it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't feel bad at all because I was like, well, fuck him. Well, you know what? While he was doing all the fucking work, you could have lost some weight, bud. I know. Like, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was like, they should have been in the weight yard, like training for this shit the entire mm-hmm. time. Um, but he was too busy getting but his willy wet. Benicia's character is a, he's kind of dumb too. Um, he likes common sense to me. For as smart as he was, he did not plan ahead. No. And he turned into a self-destructive ass by the end. Well, I, he's just always been that for yeah. me. I'm, I'm very interested to see if they, if there are interviews of David Sweat because I think he's alive still, right? He didn't get killed. Yes, he did. Oh, no, 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 David Sweat. No, he didn't get killed. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know how he didn't die. They shot him like right near his fucking heart. I feel like they might have done that for uh, dramatic effect. No. Um, just to make us think he was gonna die. Um. Okay, so. Okay, so Joyce Mitchell is getting up to seven years in prison for helping these two escape. And this was back in two thousand fifteen. Two thousand fifteen. I'm not sure when this was. I guess she got, yeah. I guess it was in 2015. Um, let me see. Yeah, it looks like she's only... Got, seven years seems so lax, in my opinion. I don't know. What do you... What well, do you I mean, I guess because technically she didn't hurt or kill anyone. She didn't commit, like, those kind of crimes. She... Well, she was like... She gave the... Fornicating she, in the jail cell. Mm-hmm. You know? I, like, I just... I just... Seven years sounds like what you do for drugs, not for what you help somebody escape from jail from after working there, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Either I think th- 10 years would have been substantial. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it, I'm not saying... I don't want to push for more jail time. I'm just saying seven years in proximity to what people are doing for drug drug trafficking and stuff like that seems kind of yeah. low. Yeah. Um, I just thought that, you know, helping somebody escape from prison sounds kind of, yeah, like a felony, I think, probably, Mm -hmm. I would assume so. Oh, no, now, when she gets out of jail, she'll... She'll have a lot of repercussions on her. She'll never get a job. Yeah. Um, Okay, so, let me see... uh, She's pretty much going to be stuck in that shithole home with her husband, who she really doesn't even like. uh, He demands that he waits on her. I feel really bad for uh, Lyle... Yeah. I don't know if he was... It's because he, conf- he confronted, you know? Yeah. All of it. Um, he confronted her on all of it. And he she still lied about it. He confronted Matt. Richard Matt. That, sort of. If you want to call that a confrontation. No, I wouldn't call it a confrontation. He's like, but listen he here, buster. But he was like, you know, the painting stops. Or like the gift stop, you don't give my wife things. Except Dick. Oh, he didn't know that. <laughs> well, he sort of did. And by the end, he knew. And by the end of this, and by the end of this documentary, or bio, bio doc, or whatever you want to call this. Mm-hmm. Loose, uh, I don't know. Whatever you want to, I don't know what exactly what this is considered, actually. Um, I mean, the real Lyle is going to watch this and be like, oh my God, my life's a... F- Fucking terrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so let me see. Part five, part six. 
let me see. Yeah, okay, so part five was when they found out that they could uh they could escape. Yeah. And they were able to escape. Um that was really exciting, except you didn't realize who you were rooting for until you hit part six. Yeah. And I found that very interesting that they're pretty much the whole time we're watching it, we're kinda like, okay, these aren't great guys, but we don't know why we're they're in prison. And I was thinking that pretty much the entire time. What do you mean we don't know why they're in prison? We didn't know why they were in prison until part six. Oh. Um, part six, we get the flashback of... It was like a 20-minute cold open of the cop. Yeah. Just doing his daily route. And then all of a sudden, David kills the cop. Um, he gets shot and runs him over. And then... I was going to say, technically, David didn't kill the cop. Well, he ran him over, so I'm just going to yeah, say... Yeah, he ran him over and the cop was alive. I'm just saying. And then he stood there. If the cop could have died when he ran him over, that's what I'm saying. Is he, he, yeah. he, he, he tried to kill the cop. But, technically, the cop didn't die. I'm just saying. The he, guy with the gun who shot the cop the last time, who's who killed the he's cop. He's not innocent, is what I'm saying. No, he's and not so innocent. And so, we don't realize who we're rooting for until after the, uh, after the breakout has already been yeah. initiated. Um... You so. can you can tell um, Sweat's complete like character changed when he was out when he got out. Right, I think there was a there was a good transition in um, writing for both of the, both of the characters go through a hell of a transformation from being outside of the jail to um, from inside the jail to outside of the jail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Richard, it's like they tr- they switch uh, confidence roles, you know. Yeah. Like, Richard Matt was so confident and suave on the inside, but once he hit the outside, he just completely fell apart. Yeah. And David Sweat was going for... Well, he David Sweat probably would have gotten away if he mm-hmm. didn't have Richard Matt on it with him the first two days, three... First what, week. First 21 days. 21 days, yeah. Well, if that's even how it really went. But she said that... I'm sure... They, they only went 21 miles in 21 days. That's a mile a day. They said 21 miles. That's what she said when she was sitting there talking to him in the hospital. And then he went 18 miles in one day? He went 18 miles in four days. Jesus. I don't... I don't... I, I, I would like to go back and check that out again. I'm, I bet they went further than one mile. One mile's not... No. Like, that's, that's, yeah, one mile's not fucking long at all. One mile's like, what, an hour? She's, I'm an pretty sure she said you went 21 slow. miles in 21 days. And then you went 18 miles in four days. So why didn't you leave him before the four, you know, before the day you did? Yeah. It was, it was interesting to see David's loyalty to Richard even outside of the, uh, the jail cell. There was, like, there was plenty of times where David could have left. You know, mm-hmm. and he seemed completely capable of doing it. Um, so yeah, it was uh, it was crazy, and I think it was part five. I want to go back before we start on seven. Part five was the one we had all of the one takes, really really long one takes. Um, so the one, do you remember the one takes? It showed like. Him going through. When he was, once he got into the catwalk, mm-hmm. and then he it showed him, like, he was timing himself, right? Like, running right. through all of that stuff and getting right, to the tunnel. Right, right. That was crazy, right? That was crazy. I mean, that was... I, I, I want to know but how we they did said, that. we think some of it was CGI, right? Right. I mean, it happened so fast and so many times. Or it, it was just obvious that they couldn't build this type of, uh, you know... Uh, 
I don't know. They they couldn't build all of the pipes to actually do all of no. this. But so it was a little bit obvious to have a little bit of CG. But I thought the way they did it was so cool. And the majority of the uh, of that episode was shot in really long takes. Was any of it shot in the real prison? That'd be cool. I'm sure a lot of it was shot in a real prison. I would... No, the real prison, not a prison. Oh, uh, the I, prison. I don't know. I'd, I'd have to go back and check. I might have to. Probably not allowed to do that, but I'll, I'll add that in the show notes if uh, if we find out. I can see Ben Stiller going to the prison, being like, "Yeah, we need to shoot a couple scenes in here," and then being like, <laughs> "A bunk, no. y'all, you know what happened, right?" Uh, do you know that all these people are murderers? Yeah. <laughs> and you want to just come in here willy nilly with your cameras? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, but yeah, the uh, the long takes in episode five were absolutely stunning. I loved watching Paul Dano go through the entire thing at one point. Um, and I think that's what ultimately leads him to like part five, the end of part five. I mean, that felt like like Mission Impossible. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was insane in, in the music that was going along with it, the score. Um, so, Here's your flash briefing. Alexa, stop. <laughs> uh, part six, we have the quick flashback of everyone. We have the, the cop that passes away. We have the, uh, what is it called? The... What happened to Benicio Del Toro's... Well, someone that hired ben, uh, Richard Matt's character. Um, some, like, older fella ended up he getting kidnapped. Cuts him up. Kidnapped and cuts him up. There's a man of river. Um, and that's why... And we find out exactly who we're dealing with and who, who we've been rooting for this, this entire time. Yeah. Um, it's fucked up. Yeah. Um, a lot of people seem to not like part six as much as... Uh, as I do, I it didn't it didn't ultimately uh, hinge my enjoyment of the series. I thought it was interesting that when they decided to put that right there, um, you know, the flashback, mm-hmm. the leftovers did that. You know, I don't know if you know that they put like a a flashback episode. Um, part seven, the as the law closes in, all are confronted with hard truths. What? As many? Uh, how many little houses did they run into? Like two. In an hour and a half, I think we watched them go from like day seven to like day 23 or something but, like that. So there were guns in these houses. There was food. There was alcohol. There wasn't a fucking razor for him to fucking shave that beard off. That mustache. Evidently. I don't, well, no, no, no. Benicio was shaved himself at one point because I remember seeing uh, there was aftershave on his uh, beard and whatnot. And If he would have fucking shaved... His mustache off. That cop may not have recognized him. True. I th- I think that I think that <coughs> both of these individuals did a very poor job at trying to disguise themselves once they were outside of the prison. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thought that Benicio and Paul Dano were just like, no, we're we d- we aren't going to sign our contracts to shave our hair. I mean, do you see Benicio's hair? Um, mm, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's he's like fuck that, and. Uh, my hair is my character. Yeah, <laughs> this hair has got me my life. Uh, but um, no, I, uh, I, I thought that they were just kind of willy nillying it right then. You know, if if they were trying to go in a full disguise, fucking mm-hmm. shave your head, go fucking bald, grow a mustache, do anything. You know, yeah. they did the least amount. Yeah, I and mean, te- I mean, technically, all Dan did was not Dan. What's his name? David Sweat. David Sweat. All David did was change his clothes. Yeah, they just put hats on, really. Um, but yeah, I thought the uh, the whole 
expedition of getting out and everything, watching them um, try to survive was, it, it was thrilling, you know? It was, yeah. Um, we were watching this thinking that there was a part eight the entire time, but uh, I think it was appropriate to stop at seven. Oh, yeah. Uh, hour and a half, it definitely felt like a fucking movie. It did. Um, I think most of this felt like just an extended movie. We we binged it. Yeah, I mean that's that's why it felt like a movie, but also it didn't. It's not shot like a television show, Mm-mm. you know. It's not like static shots. I, I think yeah. that it's very cinematic and in, in its value and the cinematography, the the colors on the screen, the way the camera's positioned, all of that. Um, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's uh, it's expert filmmaking i would say it's so surprising that ben stiller hasn't been um shooting this style longer you know Mm -hmm. like even something like uh did you see tropic thunder or zoolander or anything like that Mm -hmm. did you see you didn't see zoolander no okay well i mean that's like a goofy comedy about you know uh it's a goofy comedy about runway modeling and shit like that Mm -hmm. and it's nothing like this and i i mean this is like hard-boiled um true crime you know this is not like you know goofy flappy comedy that stiller is normally used to um either starring in or directing so um it was an incredible series i am so glad uh kim smith uh told us to listen or watch this um kim smith was on our conversations with a Ted Bundy survivor she mentioned Escape from Danamora said this was an expert series and uh, an excellent one and uh, she was absolutely right I mean mm-hmm. I, I, thank I, you Kim yeah yeah thank you um, check out our other podcasts on the Lucky Dog Podcast um, network channel whatever you want to call it <laughs> <laughs> um We've uh, podcasted you on Netflix. We podcasted about the Ted Bundy um, tapes on Netflix. We have podcasted about Fire Festival, the documentary on Hulu, and on Netflix. We've what else have we podcasted recently? I think sex education. Sex education. Uh, I I did a sex education podcast, but you're going to be featured on it as well. Mm, great. Uh huh. Um. Anything else? Um. Couple movies. I checked out Mars Attacks. I don't know if anyone saw that in 1996, but that was one of the scariest he, movies. He watched it so that he could go back and conquer the fear that he developed from watching it when he was younger. I saw actors I knew and loved get vaporized by aliens at a very young age, and I was never the same after that. So <laughs> listen to that podcast to figure out if I overcame my fear of the aliens, the Baleans. Um, the gleep glops. The gleep glops. That was uh, what we hate movies call, call the aliens. Uh, <laughs> you're a fucking gleep glop. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. Lucky Dog Podcast at gmail.com for questions, comments, concerns, suggestions, everything else. Five stars on Apple iTunes and all the podcasts that you listen to. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Take Whatever you knew them to be while they were in there, they're in a lot different circumstances now.
sure there's a dark side, but there's also a very human side. Did you ask her why she was giving that meat? No. I knew we were in a gray area with the meat. Wouldn't it be convenient to be the only person who lives to tell the story? I didn't do anything wrong. I mean, not really wrong. Nah, nah, nah.